guys welcome back to another esl podcast i'm your host arsenio as usual episode number 139 grammar it is nominal clauses it is oh my god i remember there was a guy he was a really good guy too he was an author as a matter of fact can you believe that um and he tried giving me a very lucrative offer. This was back in 2016, guys. But nonetheless, this guy said, hey, Arsenio, uh, just to let you know, uh, you know, the, you remember back when we were learning English in our school because I was giving a presentation to a specific branch of my, of my company at that time. So I had to literally commute all the way to the other side of the world just to, you know, give this presentation. It was redunculous. But nonetheless... This guy, he started talking about predicate adjectives, predicate nominatives, stuff like that. So today I'm going to go over nominal clauses. So what this is, a nominal clause, it's a group of words, okay? And it has the same function of a noun, okay? Or as a noun. So they can be the subject or object of a sentence. Let me give you an example. Families are getting smaller. So families are the subject. However, object, the UN estimates that, see, here we go. This is uh, uh, the relative pronoun, which makes a nominal clause. That by 2030, the world will need 50% more food. That's using it as an object, okay? Nominal clauses also include clauses which follow that, or if, whether, and questions. I'm going to give you a lot of examples here. So bullet point here, that clauses usually come after adjectives or verbs describing thoughts and opinions and reporting verbs. I'll repeat that one more time. That clauses usually come after adjectives or verbs describing thoughts and opinions and reporting verbs. Okay, so let me give you an example. People are concerned. See, that's a, perp that's, that's a reported verb, right? That this is how you include it. Then again, oil prices are rising. Another one, it is believed, okay? So believe, that's describing a thought, right? That's a state verb. It's a feeling. So it is believed. We will need 50% more food in the future. Now you don't necessarily, it is believed that we, need, we will need, no. You can actually omit the that in this instance. Now, let me go into question clauses. Question clauses include question words. That's all there is to it. So let me give you an example here. A question out of this would be, what worries you the most? But a question clause would be, pollution is what worries me the most. See, that is a nominal clause, which has in, in, is indicative of a question. All right, so again, pollution is what worries me the most. The economy is what worries me the most. These are nominal clauses in a question form. Now, if we use if and whether to a place with yes or no questions, you could do it in a statement. So let me give you an example of that question. Can we cope? Now, I could put whether in this and make a nominal clause out of this. We must ask ourselves a rhetorical question, whether we can really cope we can really cope, this is a statement. Now, of course, the question would be, can we cope or can we really cope? Can we really cope with the downside of the economy? 
Do you guys understand what I'm saying? So in saying that, guys, of course, I want you guys to underline the nominal clauses in the sentence, which is actually pretty easy. Um, and in these sentences, I'm just going to say them out loud. And then after that, you guys can fill in some appropriate words down below in the second to last, well, actually the last task on my blog, which is pretty straightforward, pretty easy. But nonetheless, here we go. I'm going to say these sentences. And then again, you can figure out where the nominal clause is and what it is. If whether, yes or no, questions or that. Number one, people today know that, I'm sorry, oh my God, I'm so used to that. People today know they can follow fashion without spending much money. Number two, people are not always aware that fast fashion affects the environment. Number three, people may not be conscious of the fact that polyester is made from petroleum. Number four, what may result from this is the release of harmful gases. Number five, how cotton is grown varies, but pesticides may be used. Number six, and the last one, people should carefully consider whether they need new clothes or not. So there goes your weather clause. So in saying that, guys, you now know how to do some nominal clauses. Put it into your writing, people. You could do this on your blog writing or whatever it is out there that you love doing. And this is what I love so much. For those of you studying TOEFL and IELTS and this and that, all oh, these are brilliant beyond belief for you guys. And especially those of you who just want to get into different types of writing. If you want to start up a blog, you know, a little fashion blog, wordpress.com. These are little things that can help you. And this is why I do these podcasts. So check out my blog, go over some of the things. And with that being said, thanks for tuning in to another ESL podcast. Stay tuned for more. Over and out.